Now on the first day of the week, Mary, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb early while it was still dark and saw that the stone had been taken away from the tomb. So she ran and went to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one who Jesus loved, and said to them, They have taken the Lord out of the tomb, and do we not know where they have laid him? So Peter went out with the other disciple, and they were going toward the tomb. Both of them were running together, but the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. And stooping to look in, he saw the linen cloth lying there, but he did not go in. Then Simon Peter came following him and went into the tomb. He saw the linen cloths laying there and the face cloth, which had been on Jesus' head, not laying with the linen cloths, but folded up in a place by itself. Then the other disciple, who had reached the tomb first, also went in, and he saw that he saw and believed, for, yet, for as yet they did not understand the scripture that he must rise from the dead. Then the disciples went back to their homes, but Mary stood weeping outside the tomb, and as she wept, she stood to look into the tomb, and she saw two angels in white sitting where the body of Jesus was laying, one at the head and one at the feet. They said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? She said to them, They have taken away my Lord, and I do not know where they have laid him. Having said this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing, but he did not know that it was Jesus, or she did not know that it was Jesus. Jesus said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? Whom are you seeking? Supposing him to be the gardener. She said to him, Sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have ta- laid him, and I will take him away. Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned and said to him in Aramaic, Rab- Rabbi, which means teacher. Jesus said to her, Do not cling to me, for I have not yet ascended to the Father. But go to my brothers and say to them, I am ascending to the Father and your Father, to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene went and announced to the disciples, I have seen the Lord, and that he said these things to her. Hashtag boom. Awesome, Calvin. Thanks so much. That was my bad, dude. I am sorry. You're awesome, dude. Yeah, I appreciate that, Calvin. Man, it's so good to just hear God's word and um, hear that resurrection story. I know we got some folks coming over to our house later too and and just hearing that story and I'd encourage you to just kind of bask in that. Already this morning I went to Luke's gospel and I just read the story, the Easter story. I just, I want to hear it. I want to hear what's up. I want to hear all the details. I want to just kind of bathe myself, immerse myself in it. So appreciate that, Calvin, just to read it, just to be able to hear it. And now I'm going to kind of share a little bit um, about about kind of what stood out to me this particular Easter, okay? Can I quick pray for us? And then we're going to dive in. Lord, I pray that you would fill us with your Holy Spirit, that you would come now and that we would hear from you in this short little time, this short little message, that you would just speak clearly to our hearts and really show us, Lord, how big of a deal Easter really is. 
and uh, he, really how big of a deal it is that you rose from the dead. So God, I just pray that you would work in a mighty way now uh, in this time. Help me to just share clearly what you've got on my heart and help us to not just hear with our ears, but to hear with our hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, really, uh, what, here's my points for today. My points are that Jesus risen from the dead, Jesus risen from the dead is for everybody. Uh, that, that, this news, this, this announcement of what Jesus has done is for every single person in the room today. Especially for, and this is kind of my breakdown, the curious, the skeptic, the person who feels like maybe they've been let down by Jesus, and then everybody again. That'll be kind of the, the closing of the message. But th that's, that's how I want to kind of organize the message today for just a second, is the curious, the skeptic, the person who maybe feels let down by Jesus, and the, um, the for everybody. For every, there's, there's literally a word for everybody in the room. So first, let's just look at the curious. Isn't it interesting uh, for the person who might just be curious about what Easter's all about, isn't it funny that Jesus, um, there's, a, there's a tomb that's empty. There's a stone rolled away. Now, why was there a stone rolled away? Why was there a stone rolled away? You ever think about that? I mean, Jesus, it's not like Jesus needed the stone to be rolled away to get out. You know, I got this, I got this uh, gif here of John Travolta. This is what I have a vision of. Jesus waking up, you know, rising from the dead. But oh no, there's now a rock that's got me, you know, there's a rock that's got me caught. And you know, we, you know Jesus dies again or something because he suffocates and isn't alive. No, no, listen, are you following me? Nobody's with me here except for like two people laughing at you. I'm sorry. That's just for, I'm sorry. I like that. So it's not like Jesus rose from the dead and then, oh no, I'm locked in. There's a rock. No, the stone rolls back so that we can peek inside. So that we can peek inside. So that we can see he's risen from the dead. Maybe that's where you're at today. Maybe you're just peeking inside. Maybe there's just something about Easter, like, why are we all here? You know, why do people all, why are there more people driving right now, getting to church and all that kind of stuff? Why are people celebrating this thing, this, this Jesus risen from the dead all over the planet? Why is this such a big deal? Maybe you're just curious. Maybe you're just curious. You know, uh, C.S. Lewis, C.S. Lewis, he's got a book out called Mere Christianity. He's, he's dead now. But uh, for, for the person who's just curious about what Easter's all about, you know, uh, I don't have it on the screen, but he says on page 80, when we, 180, when we come into contact with the risen Savior, we're actually coming into contact with what it really looks like to be human. What it really means to be human. See, it's, it, Easter is not about just a spiritual thing that, you know, I can't wait one day for us to, to, to shed my earthly body and, and um, you know, just float away into heaven or something like that. No, no. Think about this. The resurrection of Jesus. He bodily rose from the dead. 
This says something to us. And ultimately, all I'm trying to do is maybe just pique the interest of somebody who's curious about what Easter's really about. I'd encourage you to check out a book like Mere Christianity if you're just curious. Risen Jesus. Jesus risen from the dead. What does that really mean? Maybe you just need to start asking more questions. You know, maybe you're just wondering, you're just kind of wondering what it's all about. Is there something in your life that feels like it's missing? I mean, I've made some pretty big claims already today. Jesus rising from the dead. So that, that changes everything in your life, Seth. Everything gets changed. Every, deci- every aspect of my life gets shaped through the resurrection of, of uh, Jesus. If that's true, what does that maybe mean for me? Maybe you feel like you're missing something. Maybe you just want to hear more and listen more. To that person, I would encourage you to open up your Bible and just start checking it out. Check out a book like Mere Christianity. Go read the Gospel of John. Uh, We've been spending time in our church uh, through Lent, which is the season leading up to Easter. We've been encouraging our people to look at John, which is why we're focused today. Calvin read from John. Um, read through the Gospel of John in the Bible. Hear who this Jesus is. I actually encourage people to go read, oftentimes if they don't know anything about Christianity, I encourage them to go read the book of Matthew in the Bible. I think Matthew brings a really good perspective of who this Jesus guy really is. Go read it. Spend some time looking at who Jesus maybe really is. So that's to the curious. I want to speak for a second to the skeptic. Now, I'm going to make another big claim here. Here it is. The resurrection of Jesus only makes sense. Historically, looking at it, it actually only makes sense if it happened. Now, that's a big claim. Because obviously, you can say a lot of things. You can make up stuff about a lot of different things, right? But as we approach the resurrection of Jesus and the fact that it's, it's, there's a claim that Jesus predicted his death and then rose from the dead, that only makes sense if you start to look into this a little bit deeper, if it actually happened. And let me give you three, let me just give you three thoughts. And this is, I'm especially talking to the skeptic in the room. Uh, Let me give you three thoughts just today, although I think there's a bunch of different thoughts on this, but just quick three that help support this a little bit. The first is the disciples, as they're writing about the story of not only the resurrection, but Jesus himself, the disciples are not painted in a, a great light. So if you're making up a story that you're trying to push some cause or some agenda or something like that about something, you're not going to make yourself look like a bunch of goobers unless that's really how it was. And that's how the disciples look all over the Gospels. They honestly look like a bunch of goobers. So that's one. Two, today in the story that Calvin read, we have Mary Magdalene as the first eyewitness of the resurrected Jesus. Now women, at see, that would make sense in our culture today. 
because of like Disney movies and, you know, all the princesses and let it go, let it go. And just look inside yourself and you're going to tap into this gem and just let it go and put on a dress of ice or whatever. You know what I mean? Like that's, that's our culture today. We're kind of weird with stuff like that. That is not the culture then. That is not the culture then. You just got to be realistic. Like, meet me a little bit with just even thinking of some of this historically, that at this time, okay, at this time, women are of a lower class. They're of a, a lower status. And so if you're going to have an agenda about, um, hey, okay, this Jesus guy died, but now, hey, guys, let's go make some money or let's go push a, uh, an idea or whatever it might be, you're not going to bring into to mind or try to put into people's minds that the first eyewitness is Mary Magdalene, who, by the way, the other gospels show in Mark and Luke that she had seven demons cast out of her by Jesus earlier on. This girl's like kind of a nut job for a while. She's been freed by Jesus of these demons, yes, but now... She's the first one to witness the resurrected Jesus. That's not who you write into the story. If your big point is that Jesus rose from the dead, unless that's actually how it happened, then you just got to stick with the facts. Honestly, the... The, the, the Mary, the women being the eyewitnesses of Jesus, this would have been more of a problem for pushing any kind of agenda than it would have been like today. We're kind of like, oh, that would have been cool having the women see him first. Cool. Not, not at that, not, not the, the biblical culture at the time. It's just not the way it was. That's not how they would have been thinking to try to push some agenda. And my last point is, that honestly, the Greeks and the Jewish worldview at this time would have not supported an idea of a personal resurrection of an individual. For different reasons, okay, for different reasons, the Greeks with their kind of more platonic way of thinking about things and uh, the Jewish the idea of an individual resurrection was not in their framework. So if I'm trying to convince people that Jesus actually rose from the dead, I would not write it that way. That's not how I would advance my cause. I would pick different ways to go about it at this time. These would have been problematic. Both these worldviews, a Greek worldview and a Jewish worldview, both would have seen an individual resurrection of someone as problematic to their cause. Does that make sense, what I'm trying to say? You wouldn't write it that way. That's not how you'd have done it if you were trying to be sneaky. It would have been a problem to their cause. The only reason it works is because it only makes sense if it actually happened. Really, do some looking at that. Spend some time studying. A great book for the skeptic in the room would be Timothy Keller's The Reason for God. Uh, he's got, it's called uh, The Reason for God, Belief in an Age of Skepticism. He's got a chapter in there on the resurrection of Jesus and how it doesn't make any sense if you're trying to make it up. It just doesn't. 500 witnesses, I mean, there's all sorts of different ways I could go about this. 
The better move, if Jesus died, it, the better move for the disciples, honestly, at that time, would have been to just find another leader. That would have been the smarter move. That would have been something the culture and the people around them could have maybe got on board with. The idea of a resurrected Savior, it doesn't make any sense. First century Judaism and first century Greek worldview. If you're a skeptic in the room today, you should at least want, you should at least want the resurrection to be true. Even if you can't get on board with the fact, you know, the fact Jesus rose from dead, even if you can't believe that, you should want it to be true. Because otherwise, all of the things that you care about, social injustice that you champion, um, fighting to, to, to create ways to solve the problems of disease and sickness, um, uh, helping save our planet, you know, from, from, from problems that maybe are, are, are problematic in our culture. None of that matters from a secular standpoint. Of, from that worldview that, are, that really is in our culture that's really prevalent today, it doesn't matter unless Jesus rose from the dead. Jesus rising from the dead brings hope. Follow my thinking on this. Now, again, I'm talking to the skeptic in the room is who I'm trying to talk to. It brings hope to the material world. It actually brings hope into the material. All the things you care about. It actually only is going to help your cause if Jesus rose from the dead. Hope and a future even for the material. For humanity. You care about this stuff already. But you are grounded in something that brings you no hope in the end. You got to just spend some time thinking on some of this. So I just, I wanted to talk to the curious. I wanted to talk to the skeptic. I want to talk to the person for a second who's maybe felt let down by Jesus. This is Mary. This is Mary. As I've been processing chapter 20 this past week in John, Mary has had seven demons cast out of her. She probably had the, the biggest life transformation ever. You know, can you imagine being possessed by demons, having those demons cast out of you? I mean, her life is freed, and she connects that to Jesus. Jesus has seriously helped Mary in her past. And then Jesus dies. I mean, I can only imagine how... Mary felt in that. And I, the way I think about it is, I feel like she's going to have felt left down, let down by Jesus. Jesus, we were so close. Jesus, it seemed like we were on the right track. Jesus, this was all figured out. What is going And then he's dead. And it's why Mary is there super early Sunday morning. I mean, she's there early because she's still all wrapped up in this. And I think she maybe felt let down by Jesus yet again. Or, or again. I don't know. Maybe there's people in the room. You heard from God 10 years ago. 
He, he moved you. He transformed you. He changed you. And now you're sensing it's kind of this dry spell. You feel like there's kind of, it doesn't seem like there's much happening. Maybe that's you today. You almost feel like he's not been saying stuff to you. He doesn't feel like, he doesn't feel like he's alive. Like, okay, I'll come. I'll look at the balloons. I'll try to get into the spirit of it all. But if I'm honest, it doesn't feel like it's been happening. I know I've felt this in my life. And it's when Jesus comes to Mary and says, right, Mary, Mary, speaks her name. And in that moment that Mary has an encounter with the resurrected Jesus, everything changes. Could you imagine how that's going to have changed everything for Mary? That even now death itself, even death itself now doesn't have, have a say. It doesn't have any power. Death loses its slipperiness. Death turns into like sleeping for a little bit before God comes and wakes us up again. I mean, that's the way the Bible starts to actually talk about even death. And it's because it's rooted in Jesus has risen from the dead. He's conquered death itself. He's like... He's like, he's, um, I was talking with a guy this past week a little bit about it. We were trying to think of images of how to like describe it. It's like death swallowed him. Do you remember Drax from Guardians of the, Guardians of the Galaxy? Remember Drax? He's the guy who's got the cuts and stuff all over him. Anybody watch Guardians of the Galaxy? No? Oh, I should have had it up on the screen. I don't have it. Okay, Drax, there's a moment where he jumps inside of a monster to kill it from the inside out. It actually doesn't play out that great because he kind of be, turns into a goober and they still defeat it from the outside. But, it, but take that all away. There's this moment where he jumps inside the mouth of the monster and that's kind of what Jesus did. He gets crushed for our iniquities. You know, Good Friday, that's what we celebrated. He, he takes our punishment. He lets death swallow him up and then he blows it up from the inside out. And death itself, death itself is conquered. And what really is going on there, and this is kind of how I want to end, is with everything changing for Mary, just imagine the rest of her life, she's going to think about every little angle in a different way. Because her Savior, who did get the demons out of her, and her Savior, he's alive. He's, he's living. He's rocking and rolling. He's moving and going. I mean, Mary's whole future gets shifted and changed with the resurrection. And what really changes, and this is the text I want to take us to, is Romans chapter 8. Let me just go to Romans. And this is how we're ending today. It's Romans chapter 8 says this. Starting at verse 34, I want, to sh I want to show you how Romans 8 is connected to the Easter story. And then where Paul, who wrote this, he goes with it. This is what he says. Who is to condemn? Christ Jesus is the one who died. More than that, who was raised. You see that? There's the resurrection story. Who was raised. And then notice what he, Paul, connects it to. This is what he says. Who is at the right hand of God, who indeed is interceding for us. 
Who shall separate us from love? Who's going to be able to separate us from the love of Christ? Tribulation, is that going to separate us from God's love? Distress? Persecution? Famine? Nakedness? Danger? The sword? Your dry spell that you kind of feel like you're going through right now? Can any of that separate you from God's love? And notice that he roots the answer in the resurrection of Jesus. And then he says in verse 37, no. In all of these things, we are, we are more than conquerors. Through him, who's that? Jesus. Through him who loved us. So that, for I am, for I am sure, that neither death nor life nor angels or demons. I got to look down. Things present, things to come, powers, height, depth. Nothing in all of creation will be able to separate me from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. I want you to see that. I want you to see that Easter is about Jesus conquering even death itself, sin, death, the power of the devil. And now you can know with full certainty, even in the midst of your dry spell, that nothing can separate you from God's love. Nothing. Nothing can separate you from the love of God. That's why God today meets every single person in the room, whether you're curious, whether you're a skeptic, whether you feel let down, wherever you might be, he meets every one of you with the same thing of, I love you and I've showed you how much I love you by saving you and dying for you. Even death itself is, doesn't have its grip on you anymore. My buddy who died this past week, he can die knowing... Yeah, I get it. It seems super final. It seems super potent. And yet, because of Jesus rising from the dead, it's like I'm going to start taking a nap. And I'm going to be called forth. Just like Jesus raised the little girl. Little girl, wake up. And she comes out of a sleep, even though she was dead. See, that's the kind of power our Savior has. And that's why Easter is all about God risen from the dead, Jesus risen from the dead, loving you, whether you're curious, a skeptic, feel let down by Jesus. He did all of that for you. That's Easter is about what Jesus has done for you. Holy smokes. You, not, not I mean, it is, it is y'all, for God so loved the world. Yep, but today I want you to hear for you. You know, I'd love to come up to each one of you and just grab you by the ears and you. You know what I'm saying? He did that for you. To bring you hope. To bring you forgiveness. To bring you newness of life. Holy smokes, that's for every single person in the room today. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you for this time to just um, be here to be um, celebrating what you have done for us. I pray that your spirit would come now and stir each of us up. Stir us up, Lord. Show us, God, how, how you dying for us 
you rising from the dead for us. Show us how that's for us. That you had us on your mind. And it literally changes everything. Just like you come to Mary and say, Mary. God, you say that of each of our names. Seth. And I'm not going to say any more names to make it weird in the room. But you say that to every single one of us. May that change us, God. Let that radically transform our lives. Because apart from that, we have no hope. Thank you, that's what we get to celebrate today. You and what you have done for us. It doesn't even make sense that you do that, Lord. But the facts are the facts. And the story only makes sense if it actually happened. We praise you that that's exactly what happened. In Jesus' name.